So today on Vulnerable, I have the lovely Teffy. I love her so much. I've been a big fan of hers on TikTok for many reasons. She is the perfect intersection of big cis meets pop culture metaphor content. She uses all of her knowledge of all the things that she's ever seen on TV or all of the pop culture she's absorbed. And she kind of infuses it to make it a more human experience and connects with her audience on TikTok. She is positive. She is so supportive, inclusive, and just a really wonderful person. I'm really so happy that Vulnerable allows me the chance to touch base with people that I can't see in person. I live in Texas and I'm not necessarily in their their city and state. So Taffy was a lot of fun to talk to. And I have been reading some reviews lately that said that I've interrupted my guests. So I do address that in this and I hope that you will enjoy my response to that. I'm Christy Carlson Romano, and this is The Vulnerable Podcast. Oh my goodness. The queen is here, everybody. Oh, yeah. The queen is here. It's Taffy. Oh, God. She's in the house with <laughs> me, and I am just, I'm really excited. <laughs> I'm really excited, too. I thought you were going to talk yeah. about Brittany. You we know, can talk about Brittany. Like, okay, well, well I me. mean, you are wearing the shirt, and Tevi, are you in Miami or are you in California now? I'm always in Miami, but I'm good. In okay. <laughs> I, You're a Miami I always say girl. everywhere I go, yes, everywhere I go is Miami. I could be in Tokyo, and I'd be like, yeah. Miami's fantastic this time of year, you know. <laughs> but I do. I live in Brooklyn, but oh, I go gotcha. to LA often. Well, LA, I feel like has all the production stuff, you know. So when I have to film something, I'll go for like a week and then I'll come back and then, you know. So like Miami is like your hometown, your base, like your family's still there. Like what is it like for you? You got a big family? I don't have a big family. Well, unfortunately, my grandparents are being very annoying and they're dying. And it's very annoying to me. I'm like, we had an agreement. You never talk, whatever. So I love you um, and you will live forever. (laughs) Like, I always think about it, too. I'm like, they are so obsessed with me. They knew that I was going to be home less and less. So now they knew that they had to pass away so we could be together all the time. And my mom's <laughs> like, that is so skewed. I'm like, but it's but it works. It, but works. it works. And then also, it's it probably a coping mechanism because it's yes. a shitty time. You know, you know, it sucks. Yeah. And I always say, like, the way that we cope, no one said it had to be normal. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Look at Disney adults. I love that for them. But nobody said it had to be normal. We know that it's not normal. Thank I'm a you. Disney adult. <laughs> we know. Yeah. But do you think, uh, who's going to be mad at me for saying my grandparents are obsessed with me? And who's going to be mad for saying, I didn't want to deal with it, so I got a fast pass, a day pass, fast pass. And I skipped the all the lines. <laughs> who's going to be mad at that? You know what I mean? If you were eating mattress stuffing, I'd be like, let's talk off camera. <laughs> Let's talk you and I, because that is upsetting me. But I'm always oh I'm always in Miami. And my mom is over there. My brother's over there. My sister's over there. And they've been with their partners for a long time. So I'm always hanging out with them nice. when I go over. People are ask you me, like, where do you go? No, I'm not an <sighs> Christy. What? No, no. Okay. I am the only one. No, I'm the only one that has ever said maybe I want kids. My brother says he doesn't want kids. Well, he's also like 20, 26. So uh, in, a, yeah. in man years, he's 12. That's true. Know? That's true. And then, so he's not ready yet. Okay. <laughs> but, and my sister and her partner, I think they're like, maybe one day, like we'll have kids or whatever. So it's really up yeah. to me. 
Yeah. And I don't like I, – I don't do well under pressure. I don't. I get that. I get that. So they, – but everybody does have cats. So I have, I have a cat. I, I, I have a cat. <laughs> I have a cat too. The love of my life. The love of my life and the bane of my existence. Girl, I have a cat. He's gorgeous. His name is Jumanji. He's a Bengal. <gasps> he, he was – Santa brought him because – Santa brought him. Yeah, my daughter is obsessed with cats, even to this day. She's five. She's been obsessed for five years. So she's a cat person. So She's a cat girl. Yeah, she is, and she's amazing. So she, she we have this cat, and he eats foam. And no. He al- yeah, and he almost dies He's every coping. single time. And I'm like, dude, this isn't chicken. Like, what the fuck's wrong with me? I digress. Stop. It's like, choose you, Jumanji. Choose you. <laughs> choose you. You need a cat Teffy in your life. So speaking oh. of Teffy, I, I am so mm-hmm. excited to have you on Vulnerable mm-hmm. because I feel like our brands- I'm vulnerable. <laughs> always, all the time. And it's like, you've been inspirational to me over these years oh, of this angel. crazy TikTok community mm-hmm. that we've built. And I mean, I'm so excited. So Teffy, for those of you who don't know, who I mean, you should if you don't. Tevi's oh. amazing. I love her. I fell in love with her on TikTok. And now she's exploding. She's like the official host and red carpet host on InStyle. And she does mm. all of their like online stuff. She's like, now she's hosting merch. What is it? Merch Masters? Yeah, on MTV. I'm yes. an MTV girl. Yes, so girl. Get that Viacom bag. <laughs> I'm trying. I'm trying so hard. Hey, no, if- it's amazing. It's amazing. Anything that it's like, oh shit, mm-hmm. I did it. See, this is what happens. And you need to mm-hmm. you need to call me out on this while we talk. So what? if you look up vulnerables interview reviews, I get a uh-huh. 4.9. Everybody's <gasps> like, Christy, you're doing great. But you talk over your guests. And I'm so like, do I. <laughs> okay. no. See, I just did it. So who fucking cares? Okay. So can we talk about community and how when people criticize you, it's like you had a TED, you had a TEDx amazing uh-huh. speech that I watched called The Future of Confidence that I, I thought fucking nailed it on so many levels. Honestly, I think I'm going to be watching it again and again because I'm about to write a memoir and like, you know, a lot <gasps> of things come up. <laughs> I love I love a memoir. I do. I love it. I love it. Okay. Well, I I'm going to do it and it's going to hopefully, you know, be like a guidebook for child actors. Mm-hmm. And I know that mm-hmm. pop culture is of your interest. So right. I'm moving in this direction and, you know, looking towards inspirational people like yourself is is so helpful for so many people. I, I'm sure people probably have given you this like this sort of like archetype now that I get sometimes. People are like, "You're the big sister." I don't of, get it of TikTok. Okay, my brother and my sister, and I'm the oldest. Never have they asked me for advice. <laughs> I'm talking about never. I think one time my brother texted me saying my friend, like one of his guy friends or whatever, is being really anxious. Can you like talk to him? That And I was like, oh my God. Like, and this was maybe 2020. So this is not like my brother, and my sister have never, ever asked me for advice. I've always tried and they kind of let the door kind of of their bedroom like slowly close. They're like, for sure. <laughs> Thank you so much. And I'm like, so when you talk to her, you just like should let her know that you No. Like literally. So when people say, Oh my God, you're like the big sister. My brother and my sister, they're like the eye roll. I don't the have cringe. enough like 
Yeah, I don't have enough <laughs> ocular room for the eye roll that I'm doing because I was the sister in Wild Thornberries. You uh-huh. know what I mean? Uh-huh. And I think for a lot of us, my hometown, I love I love being from Miami, but it is a weird place to grow up because it is kind of, it's hypersexual. Mm. And I, I don't know what it's like to grow up anywhere else, but I hear about growing up in LA and it kind of sounds like that. Yeah. Or I hear about maybe growing up in Vegas or like Manhattan where I, you're maybe exposed. See you see what I mean? Like yeah. partying and stuff is not, it's in Miami when I was growing up, there weren't any like bars. I feel like mixology and like that culture Like that explosion happened when I was already like in New York in my early 20s. So growing up for birthdays, you would go to the club. You know what I mean? Like watching the hills and stuff. You know how they would go to like to hang out at clubs like Ladue? Yeah, girl, I was there. (laughs) You know know what, girl? I believe it. There are some people (laughs) in Hollywood that know so much just from being like just from being in the room. Oh, yeah. And then being like, you know what? I'm going to go home. Yeah, and they have that. You know what I mean? Like, that's the kind of person I want to be, where I'm like, like, let's say somebody invites me somewhere. I always want to be, like, if this is the person, I want to be right here like this. And then I want to, and then I want to go home. I don't want to yeah. be, I don't, I don't want to be talked about on the blog. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't want to be talked about on the magazine or whatever saying like, mm-hmm. oh, and Tuffy was there. No, who knew if she was there? I was in the hoodie. <laughs> You don't even know. I was a plus, plus, plus one. That's what I wanted to do. I was in the hoodie. That's what my mom calls it. Where's the hoodie? I'm like, you literally went to an American school in Colombia. You don't have an accent. Like you. But yeah, so I, so growing up uh, in, in Miami was weird because I was hyper, hyper aware of what I looked like. Mm-hmm. what people thought about me. Oh, I was always concerned with it because now we had access to social media. So now people could tell you how they felt about you. Mm-hmm. So I think I didn't, I wasn't able to separate my insecurity and my anxiety until I moved away from Miami. And my brother, my sister had already kind of like, you know what I mean? They had already, yeah. I, was the, I was a big sister in Daria. That's who I was. Uh. That's who I was. Where <laughs> if my sister would be like, if I don't talk to you, will you do my makeup? I'm like, sit down. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> so that's who I was. And I wasn't able to like kind of absorb the way I, had, I wasn't able to absorb the way I had absorbed my surroundings until mm-hmm. I was at, until I could have hindsight to it. Okay. So for sure, I imagine it, you know, I kind of imagine it like when an animal is kind of like cornered, you mm-hmm. know, how like everything they can get very like defensive and you're like, I come in peace. And then it rips your arm off. I was that I was like that cornered, cornered little pup. That's so time. interesting. That is so cool. So because you grew up in Miami and it was like mm-hmm. hypersexualized, mm-hmm. you almost had this like simulated experience of of this like digital sexy age where like a lot of times we'll see on TikTok these this concept of, oh, when I was 14, I had yeah. my braces, I was geeky. And now these girls yeah. that are on TikTok that are like 14 are like, they look like grown. Contouring? They're contouring. <laughs> In what world? What about no. what about hashtag fake body? I've seen this and I'm not quite sure I understand what it is. Do you know about this? Uh, it's it's like the filtered body. You know what I but mean? But no, like it's a they- hashtag even if they don't have the filter on it. Or if they do, I can't tell because it's not showing up as a link. And like, There's a lot of fucked up shit on the internet, huh? Especially, yeah. I mean, TikTok is like the internet. It's a very interesting world. So can you tell me then how you found yourself gravitating towards TikTok? 
God. Everyone has a story, like, I'm sure. It's like a, it was like a black hole. I could feel my faith. Um, I think I think I felt like this like real – I felt like I – so I did this – I had a pop culture show that was produced by this like startup company. And okay. they basically wanted to fund creators. Like picture of like a Bretman Rock, you mm-hmm. know, if they were able to find somebody and then they wanted to have their own – kind of act as though they were a production agency kind of. Okay, sure. And I was the I was the first one that they had hired, right? So, we were doing great, and then by the time it ended because of COVID, our investors mm-hmm. pulled out. I think our investor was like BBC and somebody else. And they pulled out because the stocks like plummeted, etc. Cetera, et cetera. They could have told me any reason, and I would have been I'm like sure. makes sense, makes mm-hmm. sense to me. Yeah. And I had so I had all this content, right? And I had already towards the end of that show been hearing about TikTok because Instagram is all tweets and TikToks. You know what I mean? Right. Like, so I started seeing these uh, these videos. But in the beginning of 2020, it was like armed forces dudes doing dances. And it was the best <laughs> thing I'd ever seen. It was so good. Or like couples in like North Carolina fighting. Like <laughs> Oh, yeah. Pranking each other and stuff. Literally. So it was so like far removed from the reality of like – Oh, this is we're in a scary place. I started mm-hmm. getting more and more on it. Mm-hmm. And I had all this material from the show, but it wasn't even like material. Like we would talk about things like Dwayne Wade's daughter, you know, mm-hmm. and what it meant okay. for somebody in sports being hyper masculine and like this image of athleticism and strength being like, I love my daughter. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like she says she was born in the wrong body and I love her. And then, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? And this mm-hmm. idea of like safety. And so when you talk about those things, you get all these comments and you want to continue these conversations. Mm-hmm. So it started off kind of like, because I had a following on YouTube at that point, I maybe when I started TikTok, I had like 10,000 followers, but I was so depressed. I logged back on one day. Let's say I lost my job at like on March 13th. On like April 1st, 2nd, I went back on and I had lost like 4,000 followers. And instead of seeing that as like a panic, I said, oh no, my God, people are on this shit. Like people are on it. You know what Mm, I mean? Like who's hyper checking, you know? Yeah. So I started seeing trends about like being in the pandemic and doing things or not doing things or not cleaning or like one of my favorite things was like show your workspace so it's like this was perfectly clean and then everything else was like boxes <laughs> you know what I mean or like yeah. wearing your underwear and then the shirt and the tie and you're on yeah. zoom or whatever so yeah I started like dipping my toes into those creators and I started seeing you 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 can probably recognize creators that you started along with you know what I yes, mean yes I can like Yes, there's you know? my ride or dies. You're probably yeah. one of them, really. Angel, I, I feel like I, <laughs> I think I, I remember Priscilla, Erica Priscilla, okay. when she first started. I was, I, I remember she was like one of my first follows. Follows. And, um, we followed each other, and there were so many people that around me now that I look and I'm like, I remember when we were we were first trying out content, right? And then after the trends. Once you could reply to con- comments, that was it for me. I love an interaction. Yes. I really do it for the interaction. Sometimes yeah. I think looking back, I was like, maybe I was talking to myself a little bit, even about like confidence. Yeah. There are certain days where you feel like nobody could say anything to me. You know what I mean? But you catch me on that one bad day and I'm going back into the hoodie. We're going into the hoodie, <laughs> you know, and I want one there's of those so many times. Oh my God, you need a little brother. That's what you need. <laughs> I, need a, 
<laughs> exactly. 100%. Best hoodies. My husband doesn't wear hoodies anymore. He's like what? Yeah, he's in I'm the dad bod. You know, like he's uh, he's dad hot bar. dad dilf mode. <laughs> so, it sucks to be you. <laughs> I know. <laughs> Perfect. I'll take it. I'll take it. It's a win for me. Trust me. I played a numbers game. Let's just put it that way. <laughs> Good for you. Math. You can't. You know what? You it's cannot never improve. Math, what, Tuffy. I love it. Uh, neither was I, but <laughs> you cannot improve what you do not measure. And dating is a numbers game. It is. It's true. It really is. It's just a matter of how you manage that arithmetic, I suppose. And I can't manage anything. So. <laughs> that's, why you, that's why you need a CPA. I don't even know what I we're do. talking about anymore. <laughs> I love it. Welcome to my life. So Mm -hmm. basically, you found that the interactions you were having Mm -hmm. were starting to inform the kind of content you wanted to make. At what point did it start to become more like your brand? Like, at what point you were like, wait a minute, I'm going to intersect my worldview with like positivity and pop culture. There there are two videos that changed my life. I think, um, I don't know if every creator has this, but there there are two specific videos that changed my life. So one of them, it was, I was watching, I was watching a YouTube video about pop culture that happened in 2005. I forget what I was doing, but it was like, I was preparing for something. I forget mm-hmm. what it was, but somebody had mentioned Tom Cruise jumping on the couch. And I said, man, I think that's 2005, but that's crazy if it's the same year as Kanye West saying George Bush hates black people. Right. And and I was like, that'd be a crazy year. And I, so I'm watching this YouTube, and it is. And many other things happened that year, too. And I was like, I have to make a video about this. And I was like, 2005 was such a crazy year. And I remember I'm in my bathroom, like my old apartment. I'm in my bathroom. I'm talking to the camera, and I'm listing the things that happened in 2005. And somebody commented and said, that's so crazy. I never knew that. And I was like, okay, so there's a space for a millennial, and for the first time in my life, I can be like, I was there. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm, Instead, mm-hmm. And not not something so negative where it's like, I was there for this like horrible event. Mm-hmm, like mm-hmm. I was, I remember being in Publix and pay, like helping my mom like bag the groceries and seeing that Heidi Montag got 10 surgeries in one day. Like those yeah. things that people talk about, right? Yeah. Yeah. And then somebody somebody commented saying, is it true that Britney Spears dated Justin Timberlake? And then that was it for me. Well, what? this person was also like this person was like, no, craziness. I was like, literally, what do you talk what do you mean? What? <laughs> like no. it was a she because this girl that was, was like calling. eleven. That was calling. That was for a you. calling. This girl was like eleven. So she saw Britney Spears as this lady on Instagram that dances. Mm-hmm. So I was she like, She knew that Sit Britney. Down. <laughs> okay. Got it. Sit down. <laughs> Kenwood, yeah. Louisiana, 1982. You know what I mean? So <laughs> I, so then from there, I started thinking about what are cer- certain things in pop culture that I can talk about? And then I was visiting home in Miami in June of 2021. I was in my living room and I was watching The Blind Side. Yeah. And I thought to myself, you know what? That fucking motherfucker. You said we could cuss. Yeah, you fucking, can cuss. You'd be you. fucking Fly motherfucker Jesse James was cheating on my Sandy B with Sandy Bullock. Yeah, I feel the same. I'm sorry, but I feel the same way about Ben. And I know you. I know you. No. I know you're pro J Lo, but I whatever I my girl like wants. <laughs> whatever my girl wants, I do. But it doesn't mean I have to like it. Okay. I'm happy that she's happy. I'm happy. But let she's me find happy. out. But I'm saying 
But let me find out. I'm with you on that, though. I will back you up. I will take the hoops off. I will fly to Miami. I will take a shoe off. I will be the first to fling it at Ben Affleck, okay? I'll go to the wedding, but I won't stand up to clap. I'll go to the wedding. Okay. I'll go. Okay. You know, I'm not I'm that girl, but I'm not going to go. Absolutely not. But he is. He is a big cheater, McEater. And the first time they broke up is because he found she found out he was sleeping with a stripper on his bachelor party, on his bachelor party before he married <sighs> J-Lo. That's why they broke up. Whatever. But, he, you know, substance abuse is very complicated. And I'm it sure. It is. It is. You know, I'm sure yes. he's. Work that out with his with his therapist and his God and it, God bless. But that I get you. I get and it's hard because it's like with the pop culture stuff. I feel like we, we got to talk about how InStyle sort of found mm-hmm. like like recruited mm-hmm. you and and they're so lucky yeah. to have you. You were Angel. coming up on my FYP as InStyle, not just as That's Teffy so anymore. And that was before you could like become you know mm-hmm. tag them. So it was mm-hmm. almost like you really helped InStyles like media presence. So how I'm did trying. that happen? <laughs> For sure um, though. I feel like with there are there are two brands that wanted to work with me before I did like anything. Before I had 50,000 followers and that's Milk Makeup and InStyle. Mm-hmm. I will never ever and I'm the most loyal bitch in the entire world. Like I will never ever I will go down with this ship like Dido says. Okay, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I will. I love so in style. It was weird because I, I dropped out of college four times, right? So my whole life, yeah. I'd always been asking for permission to be treated well by the companies that I worked with, and I did not. And I thought, like in my re- personal relationships too, like if I show them how good I can be, they'll they'll recognize my value. And instead, they thought, "Look how much she can take. Let's try to give her more." You know, and it and it's true, especially when it comes to money. You know, mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. I was working for these companies that they would give me seven or eight promotions in the span of like two, three years, mm-hmm. and no, no, no raise, no nothing. Like, mm-hmm. and I and I would be grateful because so many people had instilled in my mind that there was not only a diploma that you needed, but a ladder exactly. And in order to climb that ladder, you needed to be shifty like mm-hmm. it's, it's about the politics of it all you know what i mean right. and i don't yeah. i don't have that in i don't have that in me like no, i just not, don't not, not naturally right like that's not no. naturally how you no. thrive mm-hmm. no like i watch like wall street uh like any movie about wall street michael douglas whatever yeah. and i'm yeah. like i can't I, I don't have that in me like the, like your horror or the devil wears prada exactly yeah yeah it literally like I, I used to work in fashion too and i had to give it up because i was like i'm not gonna screw this girl over like i can't mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. I met her mom. Like, I can't, you know what right. I mean? So I was um, I, I, with a, in style and like working for publications. It never crossed my mind that I could even do that, especially when we watch shows like I Love the 90s. And you see like uh, the title of the person who's commenting saying like editor-in-chief of GQ, beauty editor for what Mary Claire, like all that mm-hmm. stuff. So I thought, I'm never going to I'm never gonna be like that. Yeah. So I might as well take advantage of this space. I got this email one day. I was visiting my friend's family and I got snowed in. So I couldn't go anywhere. And they were, of course, in the country. And mm-hmm. uh, like, and they said, we don't really like believe in Wi-Fi. Who says that? I don't know, man. I said, so I'm living off data? All right. <laughs> All right. So, and at this point too, as a creator, you're thinking, okay, I have to make five to 10 videos a day. Yeah. Like, you know, the beginning of it. Yes. So yeah. I'm trying as best I can. 
good for you. I should have. I should have. Uh, <laughs> no, because TikTok was like, yeah, you don't have to do that. The biggest creators <laughs> in the world do five videos a week. I said, squeeze me. Pardon moi. No. So I got this email from like uh, Meredith HR. Meredith mm-hmm. is the company that owns People oh, in yeah. Style. Yeah, yeah. And so they were like, hi, we are interested in offering you a position. I said, yo, these scammers are getting so good. <laughs> Look at their website. How did they, yeah. yeah. I was like, how did they get this domain? And it was this girl named Jasmine. I've, I'll never forget. And I was like, ha ha, Jasmine, nice oh, try, no. stupid. <laughs> I ignore it. And that same day, I ignore it. That same day, she goes... Hi, I'm just following up. I emailed you and I thought I would try to get a response by EOD. Can you send us your resume? We're interested in offering you a position. And I said, is this for you? So I said, hi. EOD? Wait a minute. (laughs) I'm in the country, babe. EOD is 5.30 p.m. They're eating dinner. (laughs) You know, so... I responded, I said, hi, oh, sorry, I thought this was spam. Is this for real? And, and she responded, I press send, yeah. and I look away, I say something, and I come back, and there's a response. And she goes, yes, this is real, please send your resume. So I made one up, because mm-hmm. what the fuck? So I just put, like, analytics and views. Yeah. I sent it in, and the next day, I got an email from a woman named Justine, who is now my editor. And she was like, hi, I follow you on TikTok. And InStyle is trying to get a, a TikTok off the ground. Would you be interested in hosting it? And I was like, <laughs> yeah. yeah. go to the country more. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Or whatever. It's crazy, though, because I had just, just bought these rings, these Carnelian rings off uh-huh. Etsy because I was uh-huh. reading about Elsie and Heidi. And Heidi's married to Spencer Pratt, who owns his crystal company. Ah. And on his website – on Pratt Daddy, he had all the benefits of each crystal. It said Carnelian, and Carnelian, Carnelian is great for like dreams moving forward. And Ooh. I was like, I'll just go on Etsy and I'll get a $5 one and I'll see how it works. Right. And I got it. The next day, I got this email from her. So that's crazy. Wow. Oh, shit. I need Insane. to buy some Carnelian. I'll send you the I, link. I'll send you I the link. I haven't even heard of it. I never even knew about mm-hmm. Carnelian. So, so then you you are pretty spiritual. Like that is a part of you as well. I mean, there's mm-hmm. many parts of Teffy, which I love all of them. I haven't seen a side of you that I was like, huh, about ever. I'm like, I'm all in Teffy. I'm like, what are you biggest I can be a, I can be a mean girl. I'm just honest about I had a mean thought and I want to I wanna be better, but it's sticking to me a little, you know? Yeah. I'm not Barney. I'm not Barney. Well, and my ex-boyfriends will tell you I'm actually a demon, but well. <laughs> Look, I'm sure, I'm sure there's a side of all of us hot-blooded – I want to say Mediterranean mm-hmm. women, but I mean, you know, <laughs> I'm Sicilian. Wait, like there's there you certain go. parts of me you don't want to mm-hmm. see, you know, like yep. we don't need to see those. Don't start mm-hmm. nothing. There won't be nothing Enough, if you yeah. catch my drift. If but you see me in traffic, don't say anything. Just keep it, keep it moving. <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm, Get a tinted mm-hmm. window. It's one mm-hmm. of those things where I think you have to embrace, like you did this really great TEDx mm-hmm like speech and Mm -hmm. it was a really great side to see of you outside of the hosting space and the content game which it's a lot of work people don't realize it's work Mm -hmm. and you know you make it look easy because you look beautiful you're in interesting locations like you're living your best life so they think you know Mm -hmm. and Mm -hmm. you're still probably dealing with a whole bunch of stuff like one thing I loved about your talk Mm -hmm. was these four points that you made towards the end of it and mm-hmm. I don't know if you want to talk about it here, but I'm sure people mm-hmm. would benefit from knowing sort of how these principles have kind of helped you 
grow and, Mm -hmm. you know, deal with anxiety of being on social media. You and I, like, uh, we're the guinea pigs of social media. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, going to log on to MySpace and seeing new comments, new messages, new likes, all that stuff. Yeah. Like, we were kind of the first laboratory rats to Mm -hmm. get that dopamine hit. Yeah. And at the same time, we had AIM and text message. So we were like in constant communication with everyone at all times and even people that we didn't know. And it opened up this like whole new world to always being available. So I think like overnight, the idea of not bringing school home with you, not bringing work home with you, not bringing your friends home with you, not or like having a, a break to not think about, you know, a bad day at school. It was just, this is life now and it's constant. And we were... My mom, like I said in the TEDx, she said that she was very unprepared because there was never a talk with my family about failure or like my mom said, if you broke up with somebody like in high school, if I was going through a relationship or whatever and with somebody in another school, my mom's like, when I was growing up, even as an adult before I met your dad, if you and this person broke up, the only time you would ever see them again is if they were on the news Or like randomly 10 years later, like Carrie seeing Aiden with the baby strap Mm -hmm, on. You know mm -hmm, what I mean? Like mm -hmm. it's so random. Mm -hmm. And she uh, was in New York for seven years. And she's like, even on that tiny little island. Yeah. no. Everybody going to the same nightclub. Yeah. No, please. 126 square miles. And there's like the most uh, McDonald's. In the country, in this <laughs> island. Isn't that crazy? That is crazy. I was watching Super Size Me the other day. I love that. I love Super Size Me. That's, but, I think Kim Possible's actually in Super Size Me. I think she oh, has a little Super Size Me. She like does. They, they talk about the toys. The incentives. Yeah. Yeah, the incentives, yeah. And that's as human beings, right? We always want an incentive. So yeah. we, so movies and shows, even on like Disney and stuff, we started seeing how the popular girl was online and she had like the Mac with the see-through color. Like it was just and constant all, uh, Come on, reminder. the outfits, the outfits with her closet, yes. like all of that digital lifestyle Everything. became a thing. Uh-huh. That's how the boy invited her to the party, mm-hmm. you know? And uh, it, it was always, it became a, an obsession with right place, right time. And as a girl who comes from a normal normal family, like um, single parent home, my grandparents lived a blink away from us. So they were, I was always with my grandparents, always with my mom. My mom believed in one phone and one computer and all of it is in the family room. Mm-hmm. So if I was talking to you on the phone, you're also talking to Laura. You're also talking to Salem. <laughs> you're also talking to MJ. You're also talking to Carlos. You know what I mean? Like you're, yeah. we're all talking to each other. Yeah. And so I got this, I, this, the anxiety of mine felt like, I need to be cool. I want to be cool. I want to be seen as accepted. So with being online, I felt like I was never alone, mm-hmm. but also people expected things from me. And then you go through your first real breakup where you, you can check someone's like Facebook status and the albums. And I remember being like 18, 19 and thinking, I am doing this to myself. You know, when you start to creep, you feel that like horrible, yeah, like rock like hot rock oh and also the dopamine rush too but it's like the worst kind yeah it's like heroin it's bad and you're like whatever i see i'm not gonna reach out bullshit bullshit so i remember thinking this feels horrible so i'm just not gonna look anymore and i think that was the last time i looked at an ex-boyfriend social media 18 19 it's not hasn't been easy but that was my first boundary with the internet 
and it worked for me. Interesting. So as, as a teenager, and I'd only been on social media at that point because my boyfriend at the time wouldn't let me have social media because, of course, they didn't want me to know what he was doing and whatever. It was like this whole – like isolation um, when it comes to relationships took a whole other um, mm-hmm. monster, took a whole mm-hmm. other name with mm-hmm. uh, the internet, right? Because mm-hmm. isolation was also like – Social media was how people interacted and that was like a whole other, but whatever. So then um, I started creating more and more and it became, I'm logging off at 10 PM. Mm-hmm. Now with TikTok, a boundary of mine is like, once it gets to a hundred thousand views, I will not check the comments. Yes. I won't do it. I feel similar. Yeah. Yep. Cause then it's reached. Yeah. And it's reached a person that does not know me, does not care for me, yeah. and does not care about how I feel. Do you, you know privatize I mean? things? Sometimes I'll privatize things if it doesn't reach 100. I don't know exactly how that all works, but sometimes I'll I just don't privatize, privatize it. Yeah. Only because I know that the video will live for 90 days. Okay. So sometimes when things come up on my For You page and I want to see the part two of it or if she answers something, how many times have we gone to the page and we scroll? Mm, It's months. That's true. It's a rabbit hole, especially with your content because it's like it builds in a series. Yeah. Got it. Mm. Got it. That's smart. That's kind of like YouTube. They want you to do that. So then you had mentioned that you did YouTube as well, that you were kind of building YouTube. Okay. I did. I did do YouTube and it was so much fun, but it was a live show. Okay. It was a live show. So it wasn't, and then the show would be recorded and live within there, but it was, it was a, it was live where TikTok, I feel I do it. I do it in one take. I'll do it in one take. The only time I'll ever restart it is if my phone says 20% battery and it stops it. You know what I mean? <laughs> um, that's the only time. Got it. Bitch. Cause it's that you feel, know? it's that feel of like, I have something to say. And ha- when you said before yeah. you were like, yo, we had, I had so much material. I had so many mm-hmm. thoughts. Did you mean that they were like, topics or did you mean that you actually took that material from your YouTube show that was live and then and then used that editing no I think when you start when you start content you start to see how people like respond to you and you start to see like the conversations that are happening or things happen around like I always use pop culture to talk about ourselves right yes so if I want to talk about my best friend breakup I'm going to talk about, or my first breakup, I'll Mm -hmm. talk about, you know, like Selena and Justin. I always use them as a comparison. Mm -hmm. I'm not talking about them. They're okay today. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like it's not the end. The person that we, you know, um, maybe we imprinted how to date on ourselves. We should not be dating like we're still 15. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So there's a lot of stuff, you know, or or the idea of uh, being, uh, feeling being definitive is really hard for me because I'm the kind of person that's like, I'm going to feel this way forever. So it's hard for me sometimes to imagine overcoming it. You know what I mean? It kind of feels like, yeah. No, 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 go. No, (laughs) no, no. I'm just thinking out loud and I know people are going to hate me for interrupting you. So I apologize to those of you listening. And also. I'm Latin. We talk at the same time and we respond to each other at the same time and we still keep up with each other. It's sick. This is the problem. I think if if people come and listen to the podcast and it, and it and it makes me overthink and why I was so happy to bring this point up in talking to you, Teffy, because I knew you'd have mm-hmm. my back on this. It's like <laughs> f what anyone thinks about it. Like if you're here, this is my brand. This is part of who I 
am. This is the way I process shit. It's the way that yeah. I evoke relationships with my guests and continue those relationships, hopefully. And I want to make them feel like I really engaged with them rather than just like reading questions off a fucking page. No, like, sorry, I'm excited. And if you want to so listen excited. to Delilah and smooth jazz, you know where to find her. I fucking love Delilah. I love I'm Delilah. Delilah too. I'm not Delilah. Excited. We're excited. You know what I mean? We're two girls who are talking. Yes. No, I feel. (laughs) If we were at brunch and we were talking excitedly like this, people around us would say, oh my God, they're such good friends. They would never say, can you believe she's talking over her? Shut the fuck up. These are authentic conversations. And sometimes podcasts get into those traps of like format and I get it. But I like that vulnerable is taking shape as this very authentic place for conversation. Anyway. It's hard for me in dating because growing up with a single mom, when I'm in a relationship with a man, first of all, I've never had a relationship with a grown man. So it's like, or. You need a zaddy. uh, Right? Or or like, or just, I need a, maybe, I'm scared. Look (laughs) at Hannah. um, Do you know Hannah Burner? I, oh yeah, Silver Fox. Yeah, she's so, she got herself a zaddy. She got herself a zaddy, and he loves her, he loves and he her. really loves her. And she, every time I see her, she's glowing. Yeah, she's so happy. She and is. I, but I feel like I, I tell men, I don't know how to work with you, mm-hmm. because in my house, what she said goes right, and I never saw her have to work it out like teamwork. Okay, it was, it was like, what the fuck do you mean no? So when somebody says that's not the way I see it, I'm like. <laughs> fucking care yeah. it's hard for me i guess because you. teamwork is hard but you know whatever anyway i completely i'm gonna get it fair numbers play. game fair, fair numbers play. game don't fair you worry play. you make those rookie numbers, numbers i want game. i want high numbers <laughs> i no, but i truly I, I do have a cat by the way margelina jolie oh i know she's a little baby so i do she i am be a Jumanji's girlfriend Jumanji's girlfriend she is feral you would never want you know who she is in the water boy the girl that says do you want me to kill them that's march you don't want that and even though they end up together she needs a little she she needs another swamp kid i don't think jumanji he's too he's too refined okay i have to send you a picture of him okay wait so now we were i love this and i love it and i really wish we could keep talking and i i really would love to see you at some point in this in this are you in la so i live in austin texas um oh i've heard of it it's, cool. it's hot as shit. And, you know, we're here now. We may end up, you know, moving back east. Actually, I'm from Connecticut originally. Um, uh, my family's in old, um, New Canaan. Oh, okay. We're, you know, I'm from, I'm from Milford. And okay. nice it's a little town. bit more Italian-American over there. And, and uh-huh. I grew up there. And, and But it is beautiful. Like Connecticut, Southern Connecticut's gorgeous. I have no idea. Mm-hmm. We've been here since, like, the fires were burning down my backyard in, in Orange County. And we Shut came the here. front door. Oh, You're yeah. Lying. Oh, you no, know? it was really bad. It was those big fires that started from a baby shower or something. <laughs> it was bad. Yes. From the gender reveal. Yes. It blew. It was like that whole season where then it blew basically to the other side of my freeway. And Richie, so I was can like, you imagine? Oh, my can God. you imagine being, being the person that. that that happened to? Oh, my God. Or that imagine baby. Facing- or that baby. <laughs> God. I would get on the news and be like, I'm a firefighter now. I want to be a firefighter. First and foremost, I am so embarrassed. But like, literally, literally. I, second of all, I apologize so deeply. Yeah. And so, as and a everybody favor, knows I'm about this fire, by the way, because like I've talked to so many different people about this fire, and it's not even a named fire. People know about this fire because it was so asinine. 
It's so relatable. It's 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 insane that also like how quickly it. Bur- I remember seeing it on the news, mm-hmm. and within an hour, at first they were like, "Oh, I hope they can get under control." Right, right. And within an hour, they're like. This is mayhem. People are dying. Yeah. Every time I see like, oh, people can't find their pets. I'm like. Yeah, they're gone. If they're like, we can't find Uncle Bob. I'm like, he'll be fine. We can't find the family cat. (laughs) Oh, no. Get in there. Get in there. (laughs) Where's the helicopter? My hands and knees. With the water. I know. I know. And it's a smoke exhalation. You know, it's bad. So we basically, yeah, we came here to Mm -hmm. Austin. We've been here and it's great. And honestly, you really should come and see it's like a te- now it's like a tech bubble and it's like this crazy place and tesla's here and yes. like all these so like somebody i know is looking for an apartment and she looked at in 2016 rent was 650 for a one bedroom and now 600 650 dollars in Austin. that's why it was so livable why so many people started to come here and that was yeah. in 2016 and then now in 2022 that same apartment, yeah. that six fifty, is sixteen hundred dollars a month, one bedroom. You're, who are you talking to? Miami? Who are you talking? Yeah. My mom. So I'm like, I keep making these. I keep doing interviews where they ask me like, why do you do this? And I always say, I was definitely the kid that scared the fuck out of her family. Like if it was so close to going another way, like I should be dead for sure. I was just so. In, I watch Euphoria and I say pussy shit, literally, <laughs> so bad. And I mean, no, I never did like, and I never did hard. But this is like why that. you're a good big sister, though, because I've seen some dark shit. Yeah, and I've been around people who are like those people. So yeah. I am too much. I won't take three Tylenol. I'm like, this is it for me. Yeah. Like, you know your Lord limits. You know your arms. limits, and that's why you said like, you know I'm gonna limits. be sitting over here. Away from that, because yeah, your exactly. energy to you is very important. But it's scary. It gets to a scary place. So my mom, now that she sees me in a place, I think all moms want is to know that you're good. Yep. You know what I mean? Like, you're good. You're happy. You're safe. We're good. Mm-hmm. So uh, I keep doing these interviews where people are like, why do you do this? And I'm like, because I want to make my family proud. But I never see them. So I'm like, I'm going to keep my apartment in Brooklyn, but I want to buy in Miami because mm-hmm. that's where I'm from. And if I ever really, really settle down, I want kids or even myself to have the relationship like my family did with my grandparents, with like my mom did with her parents. I want that, yeah. right? Yeah. So I'm looking. Tell me, I when I was growing up in Brickell, you know Brickell, where like Ultra is, like that whole the American Airlines Arena. It's kind of like our downtown. I probably do. So it's kind of it's it's like a it's like the fight eye. Of ours, okay. okay, and it's okay. really imploding now because. Oh, of, I know what you're um, talking about. Yeah, that's the place that they they have all the murals and stuff. Is that the downtown? Yeah, that's Winwood, and it's kind of a part. Of, it's next to each. Yes, okay. It, it, they live within the same being, right? So there's apartment there. So when you graduated from college, from FIU or UM, you would get an apartment in Brickell because you mainly kids work in finance or nightlife, and that's really that where when you're young, or for um, the cartel. Uh, <laughs> Right. And you know what? Do what you got to do. Learn some lessons and then come back, you know? (laughs) But so, you know what? And people, a lot of kids say like they work for the cartel. You sell sell dime baggies at high schools. You're not... You're not Tony Montana. (laughs) Enough. So whatever. Weed is legal now, okay? (laughs) Yeah. The one bedroom, one bath in Brickell was 800 bucks. 800 bucks. 
crazy view. And even then, 800, we'd be like, holy fuck. Like if you're a kid, if you're 19, if you're 22 and a bank teller, that's a lot. That's a that's a good piece of the pie. It you is. Know what I mean? It still is. Now. That's the problem though, right? It that's is $7,000 now. Jesus it Christ. It is $7,000. So now you're stressed. You're like, my goals are to to get back to Miami in a way where you where you own. People want to assume my goal is to survive the year. I my goal is to survive the year. But what do you mean by also, survive though? Like, what are your goals for this year? Because you're blowing up, Teffy. I'm, I would like to never see monkeypox. Me too. Yeah. In real life, mm-hmm. I never want to see that. Mm-hmm. I have so many friends that are sharing the same idea of like, we're not leaving the house anymore. And I saw somebody on TikTok, a nurse say, this is going to be a full-blown pandemic. And and sometimes monkeypox takes 30 weeks Mm. to recover. Oh my gosh. 30 weeks? Wow. 30 weeks? No, I'm sorry. I'm doing the series with the monkeypox then. (laughs) You're going to have to look at me. I'm sorry. Yeah. Yeah. So I want to do that. And then also I have things that I want to do. I'm, I started writing a book. Oh, but I'm not going to make it a memoir because I just feel like I want to talk more. Have you read Emily Ratajkowski's My Body? I, I That's definitely on my list. To I'm doing a lot oh. of – I just I, – I was seeing how you were doing a memoir series, a celebrity memoir series, and you mm-hmm. were talking about uh, Drew Barrymore's childhood experiences, mm-hmm. and it was really resonating with me, not because I had similar ones, but because one of my oh, – you saw me reel in? I said, <laughs> come here, let me yeah. yeah, I want, and you know what? Wait, but how did you get that book? Because it's not in print, and I was looking. So how did you get that? I Google imaged as many pages as I could. Okay, put it together. Found a YouTube from years ago talking about it. Tried to piece the. You don't understand. Put the pieces together. Found a podcast with twenty listeners. New this girl, I think, was talking into her like in, into her mic that she covered with cotton balls. You could barely hear the girl. <laughs> okay. Okay. And then I watched, uh, then A&E had a special on her. Yeah. You do your, you do your due diligence. Jesus. I, they had clips of her talking to Oprah and then bio.com had a video, like a two hour video on her. Okay. So I tried to put the string together and I, and I, and people are like, send me your notes. I'm like, I can't, I, I handwrite them. But these are for you to use. You know what I'm saying? Because a lot of this stuff is not all compiled in a way that has, from somebody who has been considered a public person Mm -hmm. or celebrity, whatever. You are, (laughs) What I appreciate about what you're doing, okay, with your work, especially with what you might do with your upcoming memoir, is you tie Mm -hmm. in humanity to celebrity. That's what I was trying to get to back there. But hey, guys, Mm -hmm. we got to it now. And that's what's important. Hey, hey. Is here, <laughs> we're here and we're still going to talk about astrology. Uh huh. But for real, like what you've done when you talk about those relationships, the Selena and whatever, you demystify that elitism that celebrity kind of pushes people's, you know, like it pushes them away. It makes them feel like what they're what they're going through is unrelatable to what they're going through. But you're the you're the connective tissue to make it human. And and even as a celebrity to. I would think to see you speaking Mm -hmm. would be an honor because you're talking about them like you really do care about them. You do care about them like they're your friends. So yes, people are human beings, right? And I Mm -hmm. feel like the idea of elitism is is marketing, right? Because everybody that we idolize, whether it be Marilyn Monroe or Jackie O, we hear about their lives. Like hearing about like Jackie O's mom gaslit her and told her – told her that she imagined JFK being shot in the head because her mother thought that she was doing her the favor 
of taking that trauma away from her. That is crazy to think about living in that split reality where you don't know what's real anymore and mm -hmm. your husband, is, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So we talk about these things and we can't, we can't imagine, but a part of us can. So I think as people, when we watch movies or when we read books, we try to see ourselves in the narratives. That's why we cry because we can't imagine. Like when, when we're talking about the fires, losing your cat, immediately you put yourself hearing that news yeah. and you can't imagine. But at the end of the day, the reason that I do that is because people trust you according to how you talk about people. Okay. And I always like, for example, if you're dealing with depression and your friend goes, she's not depressed. She's a spoiled fucking brat. Like, what is it to be depressed about? Her parents are still together. Um, she, she grew up wealthy. She went to the greatest schools in your mind. Now this person is not a person you can talk about right. mental health because yeah. This person's going to tell you that you're spoiled. You know what I mean? Yeah. Well, you don't have it as bad as some kids in this city or whatever. No, no, no. Like you have, you have drinkable water. Like what mm -hmm. the fuck are you complaining about? There And the way that we talk about each other as people, not only are people uh, seeing if they can trust us, we're also talking about ourselves. So if I'm offering kindness to you, Christy, there is this Buddhist saying that you cannot reach heaven, nirvana, whatever, until you've lived every life on earth. So for me to talk bad about you, in some reality, if time is not linear, I'm talking bad about me. And I don't want anybody to talk about me like that. That's what I think about. You know what I mean? And if we could change the conversation to the benefit of the doubt, I don't think it would be that bad. If we give people the benefit of the doubt, right? Yeah. It doesn't mean excusing them. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Like we hear about abusers and we're like, you know what? That person should be in jail, mm -hmm. but I am so sorry that happened to them. That's right. okay. Right. You know what I mean? Right. We can talk about that. Like there's um, still like right and wrong, but there's accountability mm -hmm. and that's something that you embody basically. Yeah. Or I think it's also calming to find out that people are not born evil. You mm -hmm. know what I mean? It is. Like if somebody had just talked to that kid, if somebody had, if, or if that kid had found the words, you know what I mean? Yeah. A lot of things as kids, we could not, I cannot imagine as a child star being unhappy and having that feeling of like one in a million kids get to do this. Why right. am I unhappy? That idea is horrifying. Yeah. It's a horrifying idea to, to be a human and not the horse in Animal Farm, Buster, who dies pulling that cart in the storm. You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. Responsibility. So there are all these ideas of expectation and the internet and confidence comes from that too. The expectation, content creation, like the expectation. And if we could just for a second realize that every story has a low, but we watch these stories because we know that they're going to be okay. Mm -hmm. You know? Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Does that make sense? Yeah. No, I trust me. I've lived it and I feel like Crazy. you more than anyone is I, I root for you because I want to I root see for you too, babe. <laughs> I want to see you succeed, and I'm really excited to see you on these traditional platform type things, the in styles, the red carpets, you know, the 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 MTV, you know, merch mm -hmm. masters right now that we can see you on. What where else can we see you? Obviously, you're on TikTok. Um, um I feel like. I always answer the same thing. I go, in your dreams. Definitely. <laughs> but <laughs> You're definitely there. <laughs> I use TikTok. I use TikTok the most. I'm on Instagram a lot as like kind of 
because we all do. I mean, you know, like I call it my I favorite still portfolio. I love it. Yeah, it's my it's my photo album, right? Like I- stories are great. <laughs> stories are the best part. They we got to let it go. We got to let everything go. And the guy, people at Instagram were like, ha ha, too bad. I'm like, you know what? I'm going to take it for what it is. You will never find me on Vimeo. (laughs) (laughs) Are you on Cameo? Um, You need to be on Cameo because. I have paused my Cameo. Okay. I paused my Cameo because everyone's like, hi, I'm going through a breakup. And then I do a 10 minute video. And then I don't want to do the rest because I'm like, I gave everything I could to Vanessa (laughs) in Charleston. I did. I gave it all. You care too damn much about your people. You really, truly much. Thank you. And then I'll get a review saying that one really sucked. Oh, no. (laughs) I read you your horoscope. Okay, pause your cameo. I read you what was happening for Aries in 2022. Wait, what is happening for a Pisces Aries cusp? And what are you again? I'm a Cancer Leo Virgo. Wow. You're Pisces Aries Cusp. Yeah, I'm a so, Gemini rising Taurus moon. When's your birthday? March twentieth. I, <laughs> I have all my birthday. March 20th? Yes. We oh didn't we, we we only want to finish here because we know mm-hmm. Taffy's got lots to do. I and got she's it. reading me my horoscope though, because this woman knows her shit when it comes Not to even your horoscope, but like this is your li- your life. My life. So, Oh my God. It says here, what, what sign is your husband? He's an Aquarius. Pisces. Oh, you guys, you're, you're, the signs that you're next to are usually your most compatible. I heard that. Really? Okay. I like yeah. that. Aquarius, Pisces. Here we go. March 20th. Okay. You were born in Pisces with Aries tendencies. Your ruling planets are Neptune and Mars. Mm-hmm. Neptune is like dreamy. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? Like dream world, mm-hmm. romanticizing. But Aries is like action, passion, ambition, sex, change. You know what I mean? Like yep. leader of the pack, but like that Neptune, you're softer about it. Okay. Yeah. You can execute important commissions with ease and accuracy. You are a keen observer and often benefit from mistakes of others. Good for you. I benefit from the mistakes of others? Because you observe where they fucked up. Okay, yeah. Like, um, I imagine it kind of like where my sister's a late bloomer, right? So she watched me go through all these breakups. So she saw what happens when you call after or you beg. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You frequently devise ways and means to accomplish things that others have given up as impossible. In your method of work, you are original and refuse to follow the lines of least resistance or to cling to an obsolete system. You are always evolving. You like to keep your affairs to yourself and to be secretive about your plans until you are ready to execute them or show them. A secret is perfectly safe with you as you regard the confidence as others as something to be respected. You will travel extensively and can achieve a prominent place in public life. I'll take this. That is fantastic news. This is all in the stars? Is this a book that you... This is all in the stars. Okay. Yeah, hold on. Specifically... There is another book called Sextrology. Mm -hmm. Do you know that book? Sextrology? Oh, yes, I do. I love that book. I had that a long time ago. I think I gave it to someone. And I I miss Mm. it now. Better get that back. I know. That's a relic. I know. That's good. Love that. It is. Is it even in print anymore? Like, all this stuff, I'm so old. There's books that aren't even in print. I know. I know. People, <laughs> you know that kids don't learn cursive anymore? No, mine will. Mine will. I am I am an good. elder millennial. So the good thing about the elder millennials elder is yes. that we will make sure that our kids do the things that we can do. I know it. Literally. If you make your kid watch 
Sabrina with Audrey Hepburn. And when she's writing letters to her dad, that is why I only write in cursive. That's the most beautiful handwriting I've ever seen in my entire life. Yes. Audrey Hepburn. Audrey Hepburn. Who is from Belgium and sneaked out of Belgium during World War II. That's a, I remember that. I do remember that. Girl, you, you, know, you know everything when it comes to pop culture. I try. You do. I try. There are some things that evade me, though. Lil Hoodie could be sitting next to me right now. Little Hoodie. Little Hoodie. <laughs> Hoodie. Little hoodie. Hoodie. Oh, you should. My mom was a big fan of Hoodie and the Blowfish. Hoodie. 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 hoodie Your mom blowfish. sounds like a trip. She honestly, I, I mean, in just finalizing it and, and moms and all mm-hmm. that stuff, do you feel like you've become a lot of who your mom wanted you to be? Like, I feel like you know so much, Teffy, and I'm sure you lived a million lives down in Miami and Ugh. New York, but, but like, mm-hmm. Do you feel like that that your mom really kind of infused or how did you become so confident? Like what you talk about with your TED talk and everything. You gotta find, I think something that helps me is, so we rely on, we, we have to rely on ourselves a lot too, but we, I see the way that people respond to me and I can't be that bad. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like if you love your best friend, for example, like I have a, I have a group of best friends. I think they're the best people in the world. And if they love me like I love them, I can't be that bad. <laughs> I can't. So I, or I think about like my mom or my brother, or my sister. I, if I come, if we are apples of thy same tree, I can't be that bad. But when it comes to looks and stuff, I think um, something that helps me is that I worked in wardrobe styling for so long. And you hear the way these women talk about themselves And they're stunning. So sometimes I got to look at myself and be like, yeah, bitch, you have cellulite, dude. I don't know what to tell you. Mm -hmm. But the cost of getting rid of that cellulite, you're not going to do that, babe. You're going to be a marathon (laughs) runner at 32. Babe, you're fine. We're the sarong. It bothers me so much. You know what I mean? (laughs) But it also comes to the confidence of like, I know that I can't drink the way that I used to. Mm -hmm. So I drink way less. Like I'll I'll go out drinking one night. Like I'll go to a party or something. Or like I'm going to celebrate one of my friends on August 10th. You know, like Remy Bader. She's, uh, I love love her. her. And she's great. And she is, she just sent me. She sent me her email. She sent me her email to be on the podcast. Oh, she would love it. Um, (laughs) She actually, when you guys started talking, she texted me and she said, oh my God, you'll never believe who followed me. And I said, oh my girl, my girl, Christy. My girl, we're friends. She's I like, have friends. I go, no, that's my girl. <laughs> but she just sent me her whole line, so I'm going to go celebrate with her this this week. Okay. And I know that's my one night of drinking. Making those choices for yourself, you also sit up a little straighter because you're like, I, I got my back, you know? Yeah, yeah. However, I'm going to leave you with one quote. Please do. Robin Williams, right? He said, no creative person should ever know that what so many people are thinking about them. And he was talking about reviews, like reading reviews about whatever it be, a comedy special, a movie, a show, whatever. And that was in the 90s. Yeah. And he was saying no creative person should ever be exposed to that many opinions. Wow. Now, with social media, those boundaries are more important than ever. Because how is some kid in Kansas that's never met me or my family doesn't know my life going to tell me that he can see right through me? When he probably doesn't even wash his own asshole. Right. I'm minding my asshole. You mind yours. There you go. You know what I mean? Take away. 
Wash your butt. Mind. <laughs> mind your business. Mind your asshole. And if and if you ever wanted to, I always tell people, if you like it, tell me. And if you don't, respect me enough to say it behind my back. Please. You know what? Because you're not going to hear it because it's all online. So fuck off. I already did it. Yeah. I already did it. I already, already did, did it. it. And you're making money you know on it. Mean? And you're helping people. You're helping people. I will take I you with me. And I'm so happy that you, I live in a digital age with you being in my pocket. So, Teffy, thank you. I love it. Vulnerable is hosted by me, Christy Carlson Romano. Produced by Elizabeth Joy Windham and executive produced by Brendan Rooney. Our sound engineer and editor is Elizabeth Joy Windham and our video editor is Eduardo Gamba. Follow Vulnerable wherever you listen to podcasts so you can join me every week for a vulnerable conversation. And be sure to follow Vulnerable on Instagram and TikTok at The Vulnerable Podcast. And make sure to tune in to my YouTube to watch the video version.